0: Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I'm David. I'm Reed. And on this podcast, we cover tough topics, points of friction, what's trending, you know, not a product push or any of that stuff. In today's episode, we're talking about SEO in the apartment industry. So you want to talk about tough topics and points of friction. uh, We get into a lot there. So read your quick take on the episode, and then I'll give the summary.
1: Yeah, I I think it's one of the harder topics. A lot of people are trying to figure out how to defend SEO and kind of sell it through and then ultimately measure it. Uh, And so it's going to be a fun one. I think, um, you know, we'll cover a lot of ground here and hopefully spark some some good dialogue and takeaways.
0: Cool. So keep listening if you want to... uh, hear things like us talk about uh, the life cycle of a property and how that plays into how you should be thinking and budgeting for SEO. The different kinds of CMS challenges you should be aware of. Um, some rules of thumbs on how much budget is is good, how much budget's too much, and at what point in the life cycle you may want to be spending that budget. Reid goes deep on KPIs and how that. <laughs> some frustrations there, um, and then we talk about uh, about some Google recent Google updates that you should be taking advantage of and pinging your vendor about. Are you ready? You're good. So read. David, just today <laughs> we published <laughs> an article. Fine, off the press. Yeah, we published an article on Google updates for fall 2019. We're in the middle of this uh, these sessions about mm-hmm. budgeting across the different platforms. So figured, you know, why not start with SEO and how you might budget for it. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> good plan. <laughs> well, <get> the- <laughs> the article and some of the updates that just came out, um, later in the episode, but I think for now we should kind of start off similar to how we've done other budgeting episodes. So, um, you know, where, why SEO and where does it fit into the mix? Um, and kind of like get through definitions and that type of thing. So maybe I'll, I'll start by asking you a question. Um, so there's a way you might define SEO for the regular website. And then there's kind of what apartments think of for SEO. And I feel like they've been, I'll say, miseducated or this market, as they do, they often adopt words and kind of make them their own. So I don't know if you have any opinion on the differences between like how apartments seem to think about SEO. Cause I've got my own versus what you've traditionally thought of SEO.
1: Yeah. I think it's a good qualifier. Um, they, I think, mostly think of it in terms of just the technical side, which they don't really know. And it's not to be critical here. So um apologies for those that do get the, the the terminology or understand it better but generally speaking they're they're not too uh aware when it comes to the technical side but they don't think of it i think most past you know, kind of the suite that comes with their CRMs or different, you know, tech stacks, whatever. And it's more just a box to check, but more and more, and we're seeing it, of course, with with our own clients, but just hearing about it, there's a growing interest in, in SEO, which is great, um, and, and how they can be smarter, better leverage it, uh, you know, to, to take a more holistic approach. Sounds cliche, but um, and really to make their, their media work smarter, not harder. I think that's, like, got to be one of the bigger goals for them. Before we get much further, though, I'm curious to hear when you first got introduced to SEO, um and this this will probably take us pretty far back, but um knowing your experience with some other startups and when you were doing the uh the e com site and things like that, when did you really get acquainted with SEO and and what, what did it look like then? And then we can work our way back, back to the present.
0: Yeah, good plan. <laughs> Thank you. It's like we talked about this almost, but we didn't. Uh, so for SEO, I actually mentioned on, I think the search episode that when I started working at Oh no, this is the ILS episode. When I started working at Verizon, that's when I first kind of learned about internet marketing, which is kind of crazy. Um, I had done uh, a startup ahead of time, but we were just kind of living off of different platforms like eBay and Craigslist and all these other things to generate our traffic and take them off like the eBay site. And so we didn't, we never did any marketing. We never did any optimizations. It was just kind of like. It was kind of crazy to think how how much business we did and we didn't didn't ever try to market. So once I got to Verizon, I started learning uh, for the Yellow Pages. I started learning about SEO and like, oh, my gosh, Google's paid and that type of thing. I was like, this is super interesting. And I just, as I do, I just dove straight into it. At the Yellow Pages, we didn't have, like, at least I don't know if you did back when you were there, but we didn't have any SEO products. It was really like we can run some paid search type of thing. So it was really after I left – well not quite i had a i had a, a th- another startup so my second startup where it was my own e-commerce site where i started to think about seo do all these like micro blogs and landing pages and things but i'll say like my biggest experience with seo came when um, i took on patio.com as a client so massive website they're try- patio.com was trying to go up against wayfair to take over the summer like furniture market and they did not know about anything. And I come in and, uh, the rep I was working with, this was when I was at Hearst, he uh, had sold them an SEO package, just pulled a, a straight number out of the air. He was like, we'll do some SEO for you. Then I'm brought in to like, go handle this stuff. And cause I'm the e-commerce guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get to patio.com and it's like, they have 50,000 SKUs. I'm like, you're kidding me. They don't <laughs> have, they didn't have any meta set for anything. They frankly didn't even have descriptions they had a picture of a chair and it'd be like $700 it's like cool what am i supposed to do with this and i have to set up product feeds do seo descriptions or whatever on 50,000 skus just about lost my darn mind particularly when i found out what he had sold the package for which was just a servant's wage basically <laughs> like this is kind of this is not going to work out um so anyways that was that was fun and then going from someone like patio and trying to make them compare, compete with Wayfair to then jumping into SMBs with like automotive and the like. And then now in apartments, it's like, kind of, I kind of feel like I've seen the spectrum now of SEO and what e-commerce thinks of SEO is very different than what apartments thinks of SEO and the way they've been branded. So that's my first experience. I don't know if you want to relate, relate yours, if it's any interesting.
1: Yeah. Mine was a little more delayed and it common for me to, I guess, learn more in depth about, uh, you know, different corners of digital marketing, uh, from sales reps. Um, so I remember, and I think it was when I was in Austin, um, it felt like it all happened at once where I had three or four of our, uh, digital sellers coming into my office saying, Hey, you know, we've got to come up with an SEO solution. We're getting our butts kicked out there. Um, and it's because, you know, we're, we're too restricted, you know, we need to broaden, you know, our, our suite of services, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know so it was, it was almost like in the middle of my quote unquote career in digital so it, it definitely um, you know I was behind the curve but one of the best ways to learn right is uh, to actually vet um, and start competing so you, you quickly start getting to okay first I need to know how to, this is defined then I need to know what differentiators look like I need to know what progress looks like what are the KPIs you know a lot of the basic questions that that I ask um, when I'm talking to vendors. And so that was like a crash course for me. And then the more competitive it got, the more in the weeds I got. And so for a while, I felt like I had a decent handle on it, but that's when you started hearing about all the different a- animals that, uh, Google was, was putting out there as far as updates and just what a moving target was. It's like, you know, one day it's Panda, the next it's Penguin and whatever. I, I lose track. Um, so thank God for Giedel who who runs our SEO here. Um, and I think I've kind of, I don't want to say come full circle, but um, almost got reacquainted. Um, and I don't know if I could call it modern SEO, but, uh, because of the work that we're doing, uh, and frankly, some of the, you know, efforts that we're, we're putting forward on, on our tech side of things, it's got me, you know, I guess more engaged. Um, so super fascinating stuff. I mean, some, I think folks see it as a boogeyman, you know, uh, yeah, they're just afraid of it. They, they don't know what it is. It's all gray space to them. Gray matter. Um, So I think it's a good opportunity for us on this podcast to help, you know, clear that up a little bit, um, you know, and it could start with kind of that segmentation you're talking about between apartments and how they see SEO versus maybe the rest of the world.
0: Yeah. So going back to e-commerce or more traditional companies, the way they think about SEO is more as kind of you were getting to earlier as they think about the technical side of things, um, meaning, um, well, everybody thinks about technical SEO, right? So whether you're Abercrombie and Fitch, patio.com, or an apartment, you're like, okay, what technical stuff do I need to do? And that's more like meta descriptions and tags and stuff. Um, I will say the rest of the world outside of apartments often also thinks a lot about on-page stuff, so the on-page copy. Apartments tends to veer away from that for some reason. They just think about technical. They're like, oh, our branding company wrote this on-page stuff so that is what it is. It, they don't think about like what keyword should we be optimizing for there. And it's different than it used to be. So I don't know if, if apartments is scared of that, but it used to be like, let me keyword stuff, this stuff on page. Um, and so it sounds very boring about one bedrooms or whatnot. And Google's algorithms have gotten better and you don't have to be boring. You can still have the flowery branding language, but still do some keyword research and match your on-page content to make your technical also match it and then anything you do off-site. Um, so that's where it starts to diverge from the rest of the world. Um, also, after that technical stuff, currently in apartments, people don't really do much else. They're like, hey, I got to do technical stuff. Yeah, sure, that takes cash, right? Um, but they don't think about offsite SEO as much. Um, a lot of the off-site stuff in apartments tends to be thought of as like um, – citations or listing services directory listings those types of things but a lot of times folks don't bucket that into seo and they don't think about the correlation between your your listings and citations against your your website seo the rest of the world combines all of that so you have like technical seo you have your on-site like on-page seo you have your off-site seo which is like other blogs or mentions or pr stuff you can get done they think about your your citations they think about local seo and i'm putting that in air quotes versus like traditional seo so there's a different way you would run like a local seo campaign and what you should do there for brick and mortar versus how you would handle like an e-commerce or someone else um, just sort of more at large seo so there's some large um, there's some big splits and i would say one of the biggest problems i see within apartments is just that where it's like hey um, I'm buying my website package and that's going to cost me X hundred dollars a month for hosting and whatnot. And by the way, check the box that they do SEO. And then after that, it's kind of said and forget it's like people never come back and grade SEO. Really. They don't think like, Hey, what has that vendor done for me lately? What optimizations are they making? What's on the roadmap? Instead that SEO vendor becomes more of like a catch it if the customer sends it. So if customers like, Hey, I need to add a pixel on the site or I need to add GTM, then apartments thinks of that as like oh that's seo let me send it to seo person and they can do that but so they're more thinking of seo for vendor setup more than like paid vendor setup more than they're thinking about seo as if it's a you know ongoing optimization thing as it as it really should be and as the rest of the world thinks about it
1: yeah well that was really well laid out um so a little <laughs> little to add to that uh i think one thing we've we've noticed i guess in it in agree upon is some of the reasons that they aren't more, I guess, committed uh, or invested to SEO, we hear a lot, um, is that they're defeated, you know, that that they just have a hard time ROIing it out because it's like, you know, for all these keywords that you guys are describing, like there's a zero shot that I'm going to be able to compete with apartments.com or uh, apartment guide, whatever. I mean, it's typically the ILS thing that we hear. So that's often why it's like, I just need to check the box on the technical side and move on. Um, and then it's also a lack of understanding because I think SEO does require a, a lot more, I guess, education and ongoing commitment to stay up to speed. So it's a little overwhelming for them with all that they have going on, which I truly empathize with. And then I think the third piece of this is they really struggle to, to define... Um, what success looks like. And naturally they should rely on their partners to help guide them with that. But if you can't really uh, kind of wrestle the, the progress or um, performance down to the ground, then it makes it really hard to sell through, which is maybe a good uh, kind of segue for, for where we're going to go with it. But um, that said, I'm, I'm curious, because you've mentioned citations sometimes aren't thought of as, as being brought into or included in SEO, rep management, organic social, um, and, and the like at all or whatever. So how do you define like, and maybe it's, it's too much here to try and bite off or I should expect more from you. So you better be able to be, be able to do this, David, but how are we defining SEO? What, what do you think, um, all kind of, uh, feeds into that or do you think that we should just isolate um more on page versus you know things like social signals and and, and the like um so, so i'm sorry last thing here is because we're trying to talk through like how to budget for this right and what we found is is that these budgets uh, often are are segmented between like organic social and seo even though we can easily probably argue that those belong together
0: Yeah. So there's a, the way I would do it if I was a marketer in this industry and I had the typical packages that people get is I'd have a couple things. I would be, I would try to understand what came with my vendor. So if they're like, Hey, we'll do SEO for you. And you don't have like a bulleted list of like what that all includes besides placing a pixel. Um, I would just assume that they're not going to do anything unless you ask them to. So we've seen a lot of success from people if we run an SEO audit to then for them to fire that off to their website vendor and be like, "Go do these things." And if you give them a task list, the vendor will then do it. But they just won't do anything proactively. So if I was a vendor or if I was a marketer in apartments today, and I was gonna, it was like bundled in air quotes with my web with my website package, I would probably just sign up for some sort of technical SEO tool like. SEM Rush or WooRank or in any of these these tools that are pretty inexpensive, see what it flags as like stuff that you need to do, like fix meta or fix whatever. And then I would just send that to my web vendor and kind of be annoying about it. And I would check in with them every, every now and then. This almost gets to our episode about how to vet your SEO vendor. But in that case, it's like, you're probably dealing with like a $200 package a month or $300 package a month SEO thing. So you you don't uh I just wouldn't expect the world from current vendors. Um, if I was planning to budget for SEO moving forward, I would consider doing what you were talking about, like looking possibly out of category or maybe just getting more um deliberate with my vetting of of, of vendors within the industry. So an example here would be um well let me think about this. I guess if I would consider the life cycle of a property. So I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But if, if you are a third-party management company, you only deal with luxury new builds, build properties, you're probably only gonna hold on to that asset for 18 months or 24 months max before you flip it. So for SEO, it generally takes 10 months, 12 months, or something to see any kind of real traction there if you're if you're if you're putting money and making optimizations. So if if you're only gonna have the property for 18 months if all is successful, it probably doesn't make sense to dump a lot of like custom content work and things like that into the website to try to get ranking for these keywords if you're just going to flip the property 6 months later. If you're more owner operated and you're going to hold this sucker for 10, 15, 20 years, sure. Let's get let's get started on on SEO and let's start thinking it as you said like pound the rock style or as you have said internally a lot. <laughs> uh, Popovich, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um meaning like let's just chip away at this stuff. Now, if it's a if it's a building that you're just getting, you're going to hold it for 2 to 5 5 years, something of that neighborhood and you're you're just coming on board. Now, okay, probably makes sense to do the vet, the vendor vet and quickly say like, "Okay, where how much effort can I put into SEO now to kind of get things set up for success? And then what should my ongoing insurance plan for SEO be or maintenance package, right? Because there's a lot of SEO is all about just labor and hours. So how much work should we put in now to get it kind of up to snuff? And then how much is required just ongoing maintenance? And I say the ongoing maintenance because um, we have a stat here that uh, Google ch- used to change its algorithm 600 times a year. But in 2018, they reportedly changed their algorithm 3,200 times a year. Most of those updates mean nothing for, for websites, right? But there could be a couple of those updates that happen out of those 3,200 where all of a sudden it does mess with things. And you need someone on SEO to go in and now like make a couple of tweaks, edits, or whatever. So for my budgeting, I'll give a rule of thumb. If I'm an average marketer, I'm spending somewhere between 300 and 500 bucks a month on SEO. I'm using some sort of tool to help vet my vendor, make sure they take care of the technical stuff, my robots files done, like my sitemats sub- submitted to Google, Bing, all that stuff. Um, and then you know, beyond that, I'm probably then getting on, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about custom content with, with different vendors. Like how can you rewrite my website copy? Does it make sense to have a blog? In most cases, no. In some cases, yes, depending on what, if they have good, if they've done good keyword research, maybe a blog can make sense. But if you don't have someone doing good keyword research, I would not spend the cash to like get someone to write you blogs and start dropping it each, like, uh, each week or what have
1: you. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty, I guess, to, to add on to that um, or ask some questions. You mentioned the ten to twelve months. Uh, you know, this is a pet peeve of mine when, especially when we're interviewing uh, candidates for SEO specialists or analysts, um, and they would, uh, you know, give me the six month number. It's like, how long does it take before it works? And you know, I've never, I guess, accepted that. Um, and so, where I'm going with this is when you say three to five hundred bucks, or you say ten to twelve months. I mean, how much of that is, I guess, a byproduct of of you know the industry that at least we're working in now, um, and and what's been accepted in the industry versus reality, because I, I feel like if you were willing to you know, invest, let's say $3,000 a month in SEO, Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't take 10 to 12 months to see results. But I don't know. I really don't. What, when is the diminishing returns? I think that's one of the bigger questions that people find themselves asking. And I remember being on the hot seat, the other side of this, so to speak, uh, when um, I was working in media and we were dealing with a large uh, mattress company and they were um, just negotiating, negotiating us down saying, you know, that's not, Satisfactory. You know, you need to you need to talk us more through the labor, through the work that you're doing, and exactly how we're going to measure success. Um, and you need to set some milestones. And it was a, a great experience. I mean, it was painful, but it was certainly educational about the way clients think or hear. Um, you know, SEO pitches, value proposition, etc. And it is very much. I don't want to say predicated on fear but you you mentioned all the changes with google with the 3200 now versus uh, i guess 1800 or 600 sorry the year before um but it's you also said most of those don't even matter but in the event in the outside chance you know the the one in a million now i'm thinking uh, dumb and dumber with uh what's his name um so you're Jim saying Perry. there's a chance yeah that that something could go wrong that that's worth me putting 3 to 500 bucks on there you know for peace of mind and Part of me, you know, subscribes to that. I get that. Like I, I think we both have insurance now, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so there, there's something to be said for that, but I struggle quite a bit with not having more clarity, more definition around uh, performance, the time period and and the money worth, you know, like the right amount to spend. And so I wonder, and I'll ask this directly, I, I think I was saving it for a little bit later for you, but um, if you had uh, a stable or not a stable property, but you use the example of one that's going to be offloaded in 18 months versus one that's around for 10 years. And you had the option of spending, you know, 1500 to 2000 bucks uh, on SEO versus a more lead gen based or let's say SEO or, or mobile, like just a, a more classic, I guess, paid advertising channel. What, why wouldn't you opt for the SEO Um, do you think you can't even spend that much, you know, on a property these days and apartments and and do it smartly because we haven't gotten to CRO, we haven't gotten to, you know, content. Um, Those things do take more labor, more time, more effort, and I think cost more money, but they also can end up giving you a far better ROI both short and long-term than some of these other uh, channels that they're more comfortable and accustomed to spending on.
0: Yeah, I would love to run that test. I think uh, the marketer is constrained by, Kind of like historics, right? So like it historically, they've not said, "Hey, let's budget three thousand dollars," or let's say that you're going to spend thirty-six hundred bucks throughout the year. They have been used to spend breaking that up three hundred bucks a month, thirty-six hundred bucks. They've not been accustomed to saying like, "Let's drop thirty-six hundred bucks a month one," right? And in particular because. Well, there's a couple things like if you're a brand new website off the bat, Google will find you before too long, but it still takes time, right? Like Google prioritizes news sources and it's scraping up, you know, news sources every, every hour or so and saying like, here's the top news from this, but they're kind of deprioritizing more like standard brick and mortar websites like apartments. They're not scraping those every hour to quickly say like, here's, you know, Hey, guess what? We found this new keyword that this thing should rank for. So you're kind of limited by, by one, like, Ownership and and budgeters are not used to like saying let's drop a a buttload of cash at the beginning. Two, like Google's not going after these sites and trying to find them every hour or whatever to to then like do the do the updates. And so it just takes time then eventually for Google to start trusting the site and start ranking it anyways for these keywords. Plus, it is kind of to your point, but you're not not didn't quite go there yet. But it is so hard to rank against like apartments.com. They have a million 1 million pages, right, that they're ranking for all underneath one domain. You're a site with seven pages. Like how are you going to compete, right? You got to get, you got to really pick your battles. Like you're not going to want to go for the one bedroom, one bath, 1300 bucks a month kind of keyword, right? You're going to want to get way more specific with it. So that's why like in this industry, when you talk about KPIs and what success looks like, it's harder to judge based on hey, what is my average rank for different keywords on Google, right? And what is my what is my overall organic web traffic like? Because as we've talked about in other episodes, like organic traffic gets a lot of the credit that the ILS, paid search, paid social generate. Because people find your ad, then they Google you, then they come in from your branded, your branded name, which could be organic or paid. So it's like if you flip off all your paid channels, you're going to see your SEO rank just drop, uh, be crushed. And um, so back to the KPIs, in this industry, I think where people have more opportunity is to treat it as you kind of went after is like more of the conversion side of things. So just to repeat, if you're really good at like sticking on your your SEO vendor and you're giving them tasks like go do this, go do this, go do that, they'll get it done, but you have to hound them. So realistically, can marketers really focus on like beating up the 50 different, you know, SEO website vendors they have across their portfolio? Probably not, because it's like, isn't that your job to monitor and be proactive? It is, but it's just not reality. So next up is like, well, can I take my SEO budget and start using it more to optimize the user experience of the website? So you'll have some limitations by the different CMS you're stuck on, but things like, hey, the phone number is not in the top right-hand side of the page. makes it really hard to place a phone call if they have to click contact first, right? They have to hunt for it. So there's certain... I'll say conversion mechanisms that I would put more, try to use that budget for and put more focus on that than I'd be putting focus on, hey, are we ranking for this keyword? Go ahead and write me another blog article, um, that type of thing.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that right there you just highlighted is the big disconnect. I mentioned, I guess, phrased it more as an excuse for them about, you know, the rank, uh, the ranking issue and that You know, they just get defeated by it. Therefore, they struggle to see the value and don't want to try and pitch this through to operators. But they're missing the point um, from my perspective. And it is all about conversions. It's about the quality of the traffic um, and the conversion rate. You know, that's where you should really be, you know, focused on with your SEO budget. And not that we don't include that as KPIs, because I think on some level it should serve as an indicator of progress if you're ranking number 82 on, on the SERP results, and then after six months, you're at 47. We all know that that doesn't really matter a whole lot, uh, you know, being on the sixth page versus the fourth page, but at least there's some demonstration again, that um, you're improving your overall kind of brand presence uh, and affinity, et cetera. But at the end of the day it should be what is this doing for my paid media channels how is my conversion rate um improving um or not um and to what degree that really helps you start to back into a budget so you know we as we often do uh, i mean it doesn't matter to me when we got to this but i think now's a good point for us to say okay what's the steps like what's the process um for us to come up or arrive at an SEO budget and typically we we quickly get into lease up versus stabilized you mention um you know a property that somebody's going to hold on to longer than one that they're going to offload so feel free to go with it whatever track you want but I, i'm curious to know like how you begin the process of formulating a budget for a property an seo budget for a property
0: yeah so now becoming more just taking more of the friction angle i I have not seen a vendor inside of apartments that I am thrilled with the way they do SEO. There's certain there's certain products where we might go up against uh, vendors for different things where I'm like, they're you know that they're probably doing a bang up job for X, Y, or Z, but SEO is not one of them. I I have not seen a really smartly organized like. Vendor that's dedicated in this market so if you if folks can get out of their seo package i very much would and then i would i would start vetting folks to say like okay let me look out a category and see you know what someone would do for me i would put major rails on that though so if you go out a category and you ask someone i'm trying to think of a a vendor example um like White Shark or something like that. I they're gonna come back or if you use a boutique SEO agency in the market, they're gonna they're gonna come back with a price tag that has a comma in it. Like on a monthly basis. They're gonna be like, hey, you need four blogs, because they're gonna do keyword research and then they're gonna like look at your your site and how lacking it is on some of these technical elements and they're gonna focus on all this content generation. So content's really expensive to make. And so they're gonna be like, hey, a thousand bucks a month or two thousand bucks a month and you're gonna feel Well, you're just not gonna like that situation because that's obviously not something that's doable. And as we talked about, like if your whole marketing budget's two grand, you're not gonna spend a thousand bucks a month on SEO. The value's not there. So I would put Rails on it. I'd go to like vendors out of category or whatever and say, hey, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for you to quickly clean up my technical stuff. It's gonna be super limited on what you can do on the site by my CMS. So you'll be able to do some meta descriptions. Depending on my CMS, you might be able to do some stuff with with images, um, but really, I want you to fix some of the technical stuff. That's kind of a one-time cleanup. Cool. Next up is like, let's make sure the site's fast, because most of the websites in this in this um, industry are pretty damn slow. So it's like, if I can speed up the website time, it's going to improve all my channels, not just SEO. So that's optimizing images, swapping those out, maybe killing the carousel or the video that pops up. Like I know people love those videos, but when the site takes 5, 6, or 18 seconds, as we've seen the load, it loses all value. It actually hurts you. It just hurts you. Um, next I would do is I would say, like, you can save your time on comp- competitive research. So most SEO agencies will end up charging you to, to do comp research. Not worth it here because you're going to be paying, like, 100 or 150 bucks an hour to just find out, like, hey, they don't rank very well for anything. Guess what ranks well? Apartments.com. Well, you knew that answer already, so did you... Was it worth it? Like instead, sort of avoid and and save your cash there. Um, And then I would finally move on to more of my hyper-local focus. So I'd say like, hey, Google My Business is a – my damn phone course. It's been doing that more. Um, For the
1: record, that was David.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Google My Business is a super powerful tool in this industry for your maps listing, for – you know, finding hours of operation, all that stuff. So I would say, like, how much will you do for me there? Will you handle my weekly Google posts that need to happen? Are you going to manage my product listings that now are the, the the products that, that they now allow you to post in Google, uh, Google My Business, things like that. And then I would, when they come back with you with a budget, like, this is not what we've normally done, it's going to be $800. I'd say, no, it's going to be $500 or $400. I'd try to pull them back on it. And then that way you can kind of like you have this agenda of what they should be doing and you can kind of like, I'll say, set it and forget it for a while and check in with them once a quarter because you can't, you just can't manage each of your SEO vendors across each website each month. We, we just know it's not realistic. So that's my take.
1: Well, I didn't quite hear where you'd start in forming a budget. So it sounded like a lot of smart tactics and tips on how to be smarter about budgeting, but... Use use a real life scenario. So, you know, I'll I'll give you one. So you have a, a lease up. They're thirty five percent occupied, and uh, they they are intending it's it's uh, owner group that that typically holds on to properties for seven to ten years. How are you going about pulling a budget together? Yeah. So it's not. What's your first step?
0: Well, it's not that I hate I know you hate this too. I more of think about like what my total budget is and if for Elisa my fine. total budget's going to be like 3 to 4 grand.
1: You got I- 5 grand.
0: Okay. That's a that's a pretty healthy budget. So if this is a luxury asset at thirty five percent gonna lease up and we're gonna hold it for a long time, I think the value may be there to put in a little bit more work up front. So I'm gonna be thinking just intuitively it's gonna be about a thousand bucks or so to get this done. That's gonna be a, a rewrite of all the website content to make sure it's it's healthy for the, the real target that we want to do. It's gonna be probably producing a couple more pages around like the neighborhood. Um Different aspects that way because uh, we've talked about this at at the Digital Summit, but the neighborhood is not something that's well covered on anybody's site, apartments.com, Apartment Guide, or any any regular apartment site. But if you look at Airbnb, just go rip them off. Like Airbnb does phenomenal work when it comes to uh, the neighborhood. So why the heck when people are are Airbnb-ing out their apartment do they have a better guide to how to use this neighborhood than the than the own apartment has, right? So I'd work on the neighborhood page, do some write-ups and some pretty healthy like content work there. Then after, depending what you're being priced out for the charge per article or to write this stuff, probably month three-ish is when I'd move away from content and some, and some of the technical cleanup stuff and really start pulling back my budget. And I'd be probably just saying, I now want to be around the $500 mark. So it's a little bit doing what you were saying where it's like you've got one to three months of kind of like the heavy some technical stuff and then and then the content stuff and then pulling back and doing more of I'll say the insurance maintenance mode with a heavy focus on Google My Business and um once in a while like doing some more some more of the website content stuff here or there. But I'm I would not be I would not be planning to purchase an on at large an ongoing blog article campaign, something like that. And so back to budgeting, it's not quite like paid search um or something like that where it's like, oh this uh, seasonally I'm not gonna say I'm gonna spend more in June than December. It's gonna be more like let's get my house in order at the beginning, then let's be on this more like consistent campaign. And then if something goes wrong, then we can always ladder back up on some SEO.
1: So then you said a thousand dollars probably pull back to five hundred, um slow down on the content and, and transition. So how are you defending or setting expectations to the operator, the owner that's been, you know, cutting these checks on why you shouldn't have spent that money on more paid search or on ILS?
0: Yeah. It's so interesting. This, uh, back to this industry and why this is different than like patio.com or the other industries. Those other industries want you to rank like, Hey, let's pick 10 keywords or 20 keywords and let's start tracking our ranking over time and see how we improve on those keywords with seven pages or something for your for your property website and um just frankly like how how you're going up against these juggernaut ILSs, that's not a realistic, you know, uh, KPI to really be going after. So that's where I go more off those middle metric site site stuff than than anybody else. So that's more like as you were uh you were sort of indicating like total traffic's decent to look at but that's going to be impacted greatly by your paid campaigns next up is like um, time on site so if you improve that user experience that we talked about you should be having folks that are spending more time on site so they're you know they're reading the content more because it's more it's more apt to what they're looking for um, and and that like um, but those owners back to your point they're not right they're not looking at that stuff I think they look at this. Marketing is 1% of my budget or less than 1% of my budget, and SEO is, like, barely a percentage there of my budget, and it sounds super technical and I don't want to get involved. And so that's why they just kind of feel like they need it, but then they just kind of ignore it. Um, So I I haven't had to get into that situation where you have to explain that. Where I do think there's value from other vendors that are providing SEO services is more about um, uh, trying to show, like, try to mix in how much technical stuff that's happening that nobody can see the work of like meta descriptions, alt tags, that type of thing. And then the stuff that they can see, like website rewrite copy or, um, Google my business photo updates or Google my business posts and things of that nature. And we should say we have a, we're in the office and we have a dog here <laughs> and, uh, we were just talking about how we should get CBD, uh, oil for for all pets in in our office yeah, it doesn't
1: but, work for every every dog but uh well we'll find out maybe with yeah. kona in the next few weeks yeah totally. she's almost more a mascot than just our dog so yeah um, she's got incredible personality so how would you to flip it back on you
0: how would you think about it i know you've been taking my about like budgeting quickly like kpis and success because i don't mean to like well, certainly the SEO uh, programs that we've built out, I feel like hit a lot of the my gripes along the way. There's more, and Gittle knows this, and she'll be in the hot seat when we put her in <laughs> for an interview. There's certainly more that I think we can be doing on the SEO front, um, but I think there's all these limits of the CMS, the marketer's real life, things like that, and what, what is a, a reasonable KPI or not. So, just wondering if you would, you know, what you're going to push back on from, or what you would do different than what I just went through.
1: Well, I think we have to be able to answer that. And it's not an easy um, explanation on why somebody should make those investments uh, on on SEO without, I guess, harder data, something easier to quantify success. And it is a box that most want to check. So we know that there's, I don't know, um, a relatively uh, easy path to, to get some buy in. But to get them spending $1,000 or 1500 or $2,000 should require a, a better explanation, a more data-driven one. I think that takes us where I want to go with it, frankly, as a company, but also would love to see the industry spend more time, and you've hit it several times, on conversions, conversion rate, um, and traffic quality. So I, I would want to be able to put those expectations out there uh, and not in like a you know comfortable six-month. It's like... We say this all the time when it comes to uh, retargeting or mobile or social. It's like you need to look at, you know, the overall lift that you're going to get from this campaign by adding this. There's a multiplier effect that you get out of this. And it seems to me, whether it's more of a focus on content or whether it's more technical, that we should still be using that same approach where it's like we see typically a 20 or 30 percent improvement on overall conversions and your conversion rate and here's what we've seen you know with traffic quality and that's the reason that you should invest in this and continue to invest in it I think one of the more interesting perspectives and frankly I I don't want to say I I well I'll admit I was highly skeptical and I, I still don't know if it, it would play uh, play out the way one of our, our clients thinks but his master plan is actually to spend more on SEO over time, not less. And I like uh, at least um, his thought process here. By ripping
0: budget from other platforms. Right.
1: So maybe I don't fully understand it, but it would seem to make sense. The longer that you have a property, the more that you would want to make that transition where it's like back to working smarter, not harder. Um, You have developed more equity and you're improving not just your on-site conversions, but you're even seeing better close ratios on-site, uh, meaning you know, the leasing, leasing agent is because the quality just keeps improving. So instead of you know this kind of wider approach that a lot of us take in ILS and with PPC that you get way more dialed in as you keep talking about some of those longer tail, more brand focused searches and you are continuing to build the long-term ROI of the property. Instead of just playing the short game, which I I empathize because I know that's real world for many of them, but the circumstances we just talked about, like you said, seven to ten years, right? Why not? Why not take that approach? Well, if
0: you, yeah, I think that's such a small set of clients though that have that kind of timeline, the seven to ten year horizon, right? And I think what's reality, as you as you're saying, is um, they can't be as nimble with it, and they can't expect results. So what we've seen is like, let's say if you've never heard a paid search before, and you're like, I'm going to spend two grand and you spend 2 grand this month you'll look at your leads from this month and you'll be like heck I didn't get as many leads as I would have on the ILS for 2 grand cancel it but if you look over time over the next 60 days you're actually going to see the impact of that ser- that one search campaign you ran so the the time horizon is shorter like you will see an impact but if you just killed it right away then like and you said Google's, Google's dead, like you'd be wrong, right? SEO is even worse than that, right? So if you spent 2000 bucks in month one, it's not a 60-day time horizon that you're seeing results on. As, as we talked about, it's often 6, 8, 10, 12 months time horizon. And so it's hard to go back and attribute like, hey, that 2000 bucks we spent was really worth it. And so it gets super hard. As you've said, and we've talked about a hundred times internally, it gets super hard for them to defend. Hence, they sort of like they have to backtrack into these things that they can be more reactive with in SEO. It kind of begs the question: like, if the website vendor set it off, set it up correctly at the beginning, because you're spending a lot to get this developed, really, how much should you be doing ongoing? Ongoing, to me, if the website vendor really did it well, is more like the citation work, some maybe some like link building off-site. Um, and then just overall maintenance to make sure things didn't go awry, but otherwise, like, there's not a lot to do, like, with these sites, if you're only sticking with the six or seven pages, there's not a lot more you can do with it until you start doing that custom content that you talked about, and then that custom content isn't often worth, you know, the, the well, the cost of it um, to do all those extra pages and articles, and frankly, the CMSs that they're on aren't usually even able to do extra pages. It's like, hey, you get these seven to choose from, and guess what? One of them is not a blog, and you can't add an article page or whatever, so you're just really limited.
1: Yeah, kind of a a rough outlook, I guess, Um, but an honest one um, for SEO, where it fits um, short and long-term. So for me, you know and, and going about the process it would start with a, a site audit right like you have to baseline in order to have any chance of better quantifying the value of of the investment and so you know that should be 360 comprehensive however you want to put it um, where you get a good honest picture of where you sit today and a huge part of that should be spent um, certainly on Google Analytics but on your paid media and then that's how I think you get at the kind of point of diminishing returns, which everybody should be thinking about. It's like, okay, thousand bucks. Now I'm at 500. Now am I at 250 or what if I just kept it at a thousand? What does that look like? Because I think another thing that happens a lot of times with SEO and it's unfortunate is once they get their house quote unquote in order, they, they don't, um, I guess appreciate like the sustained performance of the site. And then it's like, why am I still paying 500 bucks? Or why am I paying $1,000 for just some of that content, a few backlinks, et cetera. And then bit by bit, um, it's not something that happens overnight. You start to see conversion rates regress. And it's like, well, that's because you didn't maintain, you know, an ongoing commitment. And that's where really being good about baselining and then periodically kind of checking in and showing the organic, you know, click through rate branded traffic volume, et cetera, um, is, is what you need to do in order to kind of instill that, I guess, ongoing confidence and commitment in the spend all this stuff though. I mean, even hearing it come out of my mouth, it's like, as an operator, I'd be like, give me a break. You know, yeah. like, I, I need to see hard leads. I don't even have time to sit here and listen for 20 minutes as you right. try to like explain, um, and simplify this for me. And so, you know, that's fair. I mean, I I can appreciate that perspective. And that's why I I feel like we as an industry, we as a company want to just get better at like case studies, just black and white data that an operator can look at and sign off on because a marketer I think is close enough. uh, And we're again, seeing it with our own trends. And I feel like out in the industry that they're putting a higher priority on this, that they're understanding um, both, you know, the short and long-term value SEO, which is great. Um, But they have a ways to go. The thing that we can do in other agencies, hopefully, to speed this whole process up is give more concrete case studies on how it improves conversions, conversion rate, and then actually close ratio when it comes down to the guest cards or the tours.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, SEO is one of those things where you're kind of at the mercy of whatever website platform you're on, right, for for a lot of it. And then how much labor – Costs Right. Because if you're hiring a content writer, like it's really hard to write great content about local neighborhoods if you're not in the local neighborhoods. Right. Except again, pro tip, go copy Airbnb. Um, (laughs) But uh, to your point, like it's just it's hard to defend and hard to really know how it worked. And then uh, on the conversion side of things, the websites are frankly pretty terrible usually for converting. And so it's not hard to get a website an apartment website to double conversions. Like the average site that we see has somewhere between two and two and a half percent conversion rate on, on leads. Right. And other, we've talked about this before, but other industries like uh, plumbing HVAC, they have a 30 to 38% conversion rate on, on their web traffic. And this industry is at two or two and a half. Is it, it's not challenging, a non-rhetorical question. It's not challenging to, to get an apartment website up from two to four percent, even with the limited CMS that you have. So that would would be one of my focuses, and and a, I'd be asking my SEO folks like how to handle this. And if there's somebody that pushes back and says, well, this is w- really the web web builder's job or the web you know uh, host's job, it's like, okay, well then you're not the SEO company for me, because like I'm not going to go back to my branding agency or whoever built this and pay those you know, crazy fees and they certainly don't even know what's best practice. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's a hard spot. I think I'd be pushing my vendors more than usual. I would not let them get totally off the hook. Like you're saying, it's like they, this is going to be kind of like a, a fight that everybody needs to put up together is to start pushing their vendors say like, make this more, make it so that SEO is more valuable to me. So I'm not just paying kind of this like, 200 300 500 seo charge and you're not really doing anything and when i ask you to defend it you can't really defend it you're just like throwing buzzwords at me and like oh totally this took a lot of time um so yeah i don't mean to go on a soapbox we have plenty of uh (laughs) plenty of thoughts about how how it should be done but i still think there's ways you can work around it at kind of as we talked about and so i'll go quick through quick tips and a couple little summary items, and then I'm sure you'll you'll fire back with a couple. But just to kind of, like, repeat, like, I would start with my on-site stuff, make sure that's that's up to snuff on, like, that the, the keywords are best written for on page. That's something the owner can see, and you can defend it. And kind of, like, next up, I would quickly focus on my technical, like, make sure my meta's done and all that stuff. Then I'd be doing a lot of citation work. Like, Google my business, I'd be, put extreme focus there. I'd do the new product um, listings. I do the, uh, I do um, Google posts and that type of thing. And then from there, I'd kind of be in monitoring area. So just as you were talking about, I do a quick technical audit with like SEMrush, WooRank, Moz, something like that, HubSpot. Like if you look at any of those, every time we've tested apartment sites, most of them fall like out of the gate, fall somewhere between thirty and fifty on a score to a hundred. If someone's got I'll say ongoing SEO air quotes from their vendor, they may be able to get that up to like 56, 58, but most folks do not score over a 60 out of a hundred when it comes to this. So it's pretty easy to see like, here's where you're falling down. We got a lot of area that we can improve on the technical side. Um, And then from there, you should start having more strategic conversations with your folks about what should we do with this property based on our timeline of how long we're keeping it, you know, what our total budget amount is and what, as your, to your point, what, what our conversion rate is.
1: Where does a review, uh, I'll say procurement, fall into this conversation? Um, We we know, I think just about everybody does, that the number of reviews really more than probably the the rating itself is a big part of, of the game. So do you feel like that's, I guess, an opportunity or needs to be a bigger focus uh, for, for the industry? As you think about those ongoing kind of uh, maintenance programs, it seems like there's a couple of things that are less about maintenance and more about an ongoing, I guess, a pledge or commitment, uh, which would be in the reviews and in the content side of things. Like, we're not just going to throw up our hands because we have a shitty CMS and, and not put any effort forward in content. Or maybe we will because it truly does. It's like spitting in the wind. Um, but yeah, my, my main question here is, is where do you see reviews in the conversation?
0: I think it totally applies to SEO. It just doesn't in this industry. So this industry kind of breaks out line item of SEO, which is more the technical and set it and forget it. And then it breaks out citations, which is a whole separate line item, get my listing straight. And then it breaks out rep management is a whole nother thing. Um, as we've seen from our data, there's tons of correlation between the amount of reviews and quality of reviews to your overall site ranking um, for different keywords. I think it totally applies. I would, I would try working with some sort of vendor that will help you merge those two, where it's like, let's monitor my reputation, make sure it's going well, um, and that things are getting responded to. At the same time, how to, you know, connecting that to SEO and I know in a future episode you and I will get into how organic content applies versus, like, um, well, and how that connects to SEO because it, it they are connected, but, again, in this industry it's not something that people think of holistically. I mean, I guess maybe what, you, what folks may be feeling if they listen to our episodes, it may be like there needs to be total ownership of strategy across every channel because right now everything is fragmented. It, in fact, I just talked to somebody today from um, – well, I can't remember. It was – it was a top 25 uh, management company, and they were like, it's all about checking a box. All, they have this worksheet of tasks, and they are, they're like, oh, I got to get my SEO checked. I got to get my website checked, my citations checked, and they really don't care how it gets done so much because they're just like, they're handling all this crazy volume, and so they sure as heck are not working and having those vendors work together um, across channels to say, here's the plan for this property.
1: Yeah, which is unfortunate. I do think, though, it is healthy for any company to, to do those SEO kind of health checks. Um, and that is often built in, so it's not news to anybody. It's it's not foreign um, that they don't have visibility on it, but they do need to put a priority on it just to see if they are sustaining a good healthy site um, and good SEO, I guess, index over time. Uh, but back to the reviews, I think another thing that's important with reviews is the recency. So almost with that example that I, I threw at you at the beginning, you know, 35% occupied. It's a lease up. Um, they're planning on keeping it. That would be, I don't want to say excuse, but justification for me. It's like, we really need to build as many reviews as possible um, and then sustain that so that we don't have this flurry. Cause we've seen that a million times where it's like there was some sort of promotion or something that happened on the property and they were able to accrue a bunch of reviews. They check that box and then went to sleep on it and mm-hmm. they don't realize that, you know, each time a new review comes in for better or worse, that's another signal, um, yep. you know, to, to Google. And so it's important that they're keeping their eye on that and, um, not trying to invent reasons to continue spending money, but that's an honest one. Um, the recency of the review is, is every bit as important as as the volume.
0: Same thing as far as that signal site updates are good signal. So right. Updating GMB, up. Uh, updating your website constantly. So folks often think that they're updating their website regularly because they put up a new like, um, oh shoot, I suddenly forget, pop-up, a pop-up that's like a picture that says like first month free if sign up now. And it's like Google can't read that pop-up because it's a picture and it does not know that you're now updating that pop-up picture like every three weeks or every month. It needs to see like text changes or, or total image change. It needs to see something reworked on the site to make it feel like you're relevant um, and that you're not going not going out of business, so if you're updating g m b your citations, your website, like those are signals like you're saying reviews um to Google, but most people don't take advantage of that
1: yep well if if ever. Everyone listening isn't confused already. We're g- we are going to bring on uh, Giedel at some point to confuse you a little bit more about SEO. Um, half kidding here. It's it's a complicated topic, but I think David did it well as far as recapping some good tips for you guys to be thinking about, some good questions to be asking yourself, and hopefully being a little bit more informed, strategic about how you're approaching your budgets. I I was you know ready to I guess transition on with all this conversation. Yeah, what are the the right questions um, to be asking an agency? Um, If you, if you're less comfortable with it, in other words, yeah. like how do you go about vetting an SEO agency?
0: Well, we, so. we actually are going to cover that in the next episode. Yeah, But hold my, on. That was my segue. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, one sec, let me give quick tips and then let's move on. We'll, we'll do that episode. So you guys can look at that in your feed. So um, some quick things to consider is ILS is bidding on almost everybody's brand. And this significantly is going to impact your SEO performance. So I, I had a client I was talking to uh, yesterday. They're like our SEO, um, you know, organic traffic has, has tanked over time and our ILS traffic is, is increasing. It's like, Yeah, they start bidding on your brand, eating up all those organic searches, and that's how they're getting to your website. So just know that and don't necessarily blame SEO for it. Um, Next, think um, don't have this – it's a pipe dream, basically, if you think you're going to be able to get away from paid media at some point because you're going to be able to out-SEO everything and where you can just turn off and get free free marketing. Not likely. Uh, More likely is that (laughs) – frankly, your market is going to grow up around your property and that you're just gonna have enough like drive by foot traffic, you know, going to get ingrained in the neighborhood that you're going to get enough leads kind of that way versus like, you're just going to be able to turn off paid media. So just know that you're real more about, it's about location, location, location than it is, uh, you know, working up your SEO. Um, next, we briefly talked about the Google updates for the fall. So the, that, that blog's on our website. But the main thing, um, the main takeaways are you can now update your hours for the properties. That used to be something you couldn't do. I mean, you could, and then Google took it away, but now it's back. So now you can update your hours. So that's an example of a Google change where, hey, this is an update. Now I need my SEO firm to go fix fix my Google my business or whatever. Another example is uh, Google just re- recently increased the font size on their, on, in the search results, so this actually impacts how many characters are shown in a meta title. So when people talk about meta titles and descriptions, most people think, like, man, that's a Google thing. Yes, it's a Google thing for their bots to read, but it's also what people see in search results. So you don't want to just have your meta title be homepage, right, because that's a pretty boring search result. Who's going to click on that? It needs to be descriptive, Right. Well, now the size changed, so now you don't get as many characters, so you have to be way more economical with how you're building your your meta titles. And then, um, sort of the last major thing we briefly touched on here, but um, the Google uh, Google My Business product uh, product feature. So now you can add floor plans to your Google My Business profile. Sort of similar to how you see hotels add in like rooms available. Um, it's kind of time consuming, super annoying if you're gonna like keep keep pricing in there, and if you're on like revenue management, but takes up a lot of screen real estate and is a great signal to your point about, uh, to Google that you're like super involved here and and will help you start ranking better.
1: Cool. Well, I feel smarter. Yeah, I feel worse. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess that's a wrap and we will be back with uh, a snack size episode on vetting SEO agencies.
0: Cool. See ya.